Hello, this is Pastor Logan, and we're going to us. Uh, welcome to our Bible study. Um, we're going to finish up uh, or be start to finish our last chapter in the book of Celebration of Discipline by Richard J. Foster. Uh, this is the actual very last chapter and in a very appropriate time, uh, for this is the season of celebration of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And uh, really, uh, as we go through this chapter, you'll find that that for the Christian, it's always a time of celebration. And so we're going to talk about the discipline of celebration. Um, and I think it's a wonderful chapter and uh, a great culmination of all that we've learned this past year as we've talked about uh, all of the disciplines uh, presented in this book by uh, Mr. Foster. And as I've said before, I think this is a tremendous work, and as I, I think I shared earlier, uh, it's one of the books uh, that was advised to me. I was actually reading a magazine one day, and it was talking about books that every pastor or every ministry leader uh, should have in their repertoire of books, and uh, this is one of them, um, The Celebration of Disciplines by Richard uh, J. Foster. So let's get going. Let's pray, and then we'll get right into it. Father, we thank you once more for this opportunity to come together and to learn about you in this unprecedented time uh, of church and the way we have done church, uh, Bible studies, um, uh, services, uh, Sunday morning services, worship services, in which we have used technology uh, to come together uh, to do what your scriptures say, not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We've done it a little differently, sometimes in person, uh, but oftentimes uh, by way of um, uh, the uh, uh, Facebook and and all the, the wonderful uh, social media uh, platforms you've given us. We thank you for them. We thank you for them. We thank you for uh, continuing to teach us the Word of God by any and every means necessary. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so here we go. Um, the Discipline of Celebration from Richard J. Foster. Uh, the Christian should be a hallelujah from head to foot. The Christian should be a hallelujah from head to foot. In other words, our whole life should be and every day and every hour and every uh opportunity to shout forth a hallelujah to God. That's by Augustine of Hippo. And, and I truly believe that, that when we understand what Christ has done for us, we should be in one constant state of praise and of worship of our Heavenly Father. And everything that we do in our lives should demonstrate that peace, that we are constantly uh, in all forms and all parts of our life demonstrate um, that we are so very grateful for what the Lord has done. So, number one, celebration is at the heart of the way of Christ. He entered the world on a high note of jubilation. I bring you good news of great joy, cried the angel, which shall come to all the people. And that's found in Luke chapter 2 and verse 10. He left the world bequesting his joy to the disciples. These things I have spoken to you that 
my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So he comes into this world uh, saying, you know, joy to the world. Uh, that the angel pronounces, uh, which that uh, the great joy, I bring you good news of great joy. In other words, the entrance of Jesus Christ would bring forth that great joy. And not only that, but he left us with these words in parting, that these things I have spoken, that your joy may be full. So we're supposed to live with a constant state or a constant tank full of joy. And, and let us remember that, especially when times have been as difficult and challenging as they have been this year on multiple fronts, that we are to live our fuel, as it were, is the fuel of joy. Andre, and you'll have to bear with me on these words. Number two, Andre Trachme in Jesus Christ at La Revolution Non Violente, and later John Howard Yoder in The Politics of Jesus go to some length to demonstrate that Jesus began his public ministry by proclaiming the year of Jubilee. Uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. Uh, reads like this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And that's found in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. So we find uh, in these scriptures um, the social implications of such a concept are profound. That means the pronouncement of the year of Jubilee. Equally penetrating is the realization that as a result, as a result we are called into perpetual Jubilee of the Spirit. In other words, we are to live in one constant state of the reality that God has pronounced upon us the year of Jubilee, just like in the Old Testament when uh, uh, Jubilee meant that the slaves that at that time would be restored back to their property, uh, would be come out from under slavery, and that they would be free a people uh, every seventh year. So when Jesus came, he pronounced that from here on out is now the year of Jubilee, that no longer will we have to be succumbed to uh, the dictates of the mastery uh, or the master of this world who seeks to oppress us and bring us down. But we are now living in a constant state of jubilee. That means, as he said in the scripture, um, when he came pronouncing what? He came pronouncing liberty in these areas, um, that the gospel would be preached to the poor. Well, uh, the gospel to the poor is your state of poorness has now changed. You no longer have to live in that oppressive state of poverty any longer. It also means this, that those who have been brokenhearted, uh, those who have, dealt, have been dealt out some very severe blows in their life, some traumatic experiences that have caused their hearts to be splintered and fractured and broken, uh, that that's no longer the case anymore upon Jesus coming into our lives. And not only that, but he says to proclaim the liberty to the captives. 
I mean that those who have been bound by whatever, no matter what those those captivities may be, and and there are certain things you know that that um, it doesn't have to be a, a addictions to drugs, but it includes that, or addictions and and being held captive to any form of captivity. Uh, it could be even hatred, unforgiveness, uh, or it could be substance abuse, or it could be. Uh, um, captive to self, you know, sometimes we can even be uh, held captive to our own selfishness. It says he came to proclaim liberty, to, to set the, us free in those areas, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who have been oppressed, to proclaim jubilee. That's what has happened in our lives. That's why our ministry is called New Day Christian Church, which means that now having come into um, life in Christ, we now have a new day, a new dispensation, a new way of living our life, no longer held captive by the weeds of this world, no longer snared by the enemy of this world, that we are now free. And we should celebrate every day that. That is our right now present tense reality, that we are free. Now, does that mean that we are, are, are experiencing Freedom in all aspects of our life? No, but it does mean that we've been set outside the gate now. We're no longer uh, fenced in now. We are outside, so any of the remnants of our captivity, we have to work those things out, but we're no longer captive anymore to anything. And we fight for that. The Bible tells us to work out our own salvation. That means that salvation has already been given to us. We just have to simply work it out. It's there. We have to work it out. And so we, we, we are in jubilee or we are joyful over that all the time. The reality of our deliverance should be a part of our everyday life, that it should uh, inform us in every aspect of our life. When we feel captive or held captive in an area, we must remind ourselves that God has pronounced upon us jubilee, that I am free now. And I'm fighting for that freedom. So we're not coming from a place of trying to get free. We're coming from a place of I am free. And anything trying to subject me to further oppression after I've been set free, I'm fighting. You're fighting. We're fighting. And we fight. And we fight from a position of jubilee, of joy, that I am, this is mine, and I'm going to get it. I'm going to have it as an experience in my life. Number three, the, when the poor receive the good news, when the captives are released, when the blind receive their sight, when the oppressed are liberated, who can withhold the shout of jubilee? Who can withhold the shout of jubilee? When we use some of the former uh, disciplines uh, that we have talked about, like the discipline of meditation, when we allow the, the freedom... Um, to sink down on the inside of us, it brings forth a roar of jubilation. Um, when I meditate on the things that God has given me through his son, Jesus Christ, it, it resurrects in me an outward display of jubilee, of joy, uh, of gaiety, of, of that's mine, I have it right now. And even if I'm not experiencing it, in full right now 
through the meditation, through the reflection of it, through receiving it by faith, my, my lifestyle is one of jubilee. My lifestyle is one of, of, of tremendous reflection upon the fact that I used to be uh, oppressed. I used to be imprisoned. I used to be um, uh, subject to uh, addiction. Uh, but now I've been set free. I've been set free. Let's celebrate. Number four, freedom from anxiety and care forms the basis of celebration because we know he cares for us. We can cast all of our care upon him. God has turned our mourning into dancing. So true. So very true. Um, when anxiety comes upon us, that simply means that we have lost sight of the fact that we have been set free and that God is now responsible for all aspects of our life. That's good to know. When I know that God is now responsible for my life, that means that I don't have to be responsible for it. He's responsible. That doesn't mean that uh, I, I, I don't have to do some things. It just means that ultimately and overall, he's the responsible party in my life. <laughs> That's good. That means when the bill comes to your house, don't worry about it. Someone else is responsible for it. Someone else is going to take care of it. And that's something that I think I know for myself that I have to be reminded of that quite often as I meditate, as I reflect, as I spend time with the Heavenly Father, with my Father, that I remind myself that it's all His responsibility. And I celebrate that. I celebrate not having to be anxious for anything any longer. I celebrate not having to take cares upon myself, not having to tell people, be careful, watch out, don't. No, no. God is the one who is taking care of us now. God is the one who is now um, um, uh, intensely watchful over our lives so that we simply revelate in that and celebrate that. Turning our morning into dancing. We're going to talk about that dancing in a little while on. But there's a jig, a jig, so to speak, that comes along with knowing that God is taking care of us. You may not do it in public, but you better do it somewhere. It's going to influence your, your, your behaviors. Number five, the carefree spirit of joyous festivity is absent in contemporary society. Apathy even melancholy, which simply means just being in a constant state of sadness, dread. Don't even know why many times, why you're just, just down, oh, blah, 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 what was me, uh, dominates the times. And I think we can all um, uh, appreciate that saying, apathy, even melancholy dominates the times. So many people are walking around with long faces, and it should not be for those of us that are Christians. You should walk into an, a, 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 a supermarket, you as in Christian, we as Christians, and light the whole place up. Light the place up that, that while everyone else has a long face, you act like everything's okay. And it is. It is okay because God has us. Harvey Cox says that modern man has been pressed so hard toward useful work and rational calculations, he has all but forgotten the joy of ecstatic celebration. 
Yes. That we are just like robots going along in life. You know, hi-ho, hi-ho. It's off to work we go. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know the rest of that song. But, but that sense of, of always, you know, just the, the drag of life. I'm just going. I'm just surviving as opposed to the ecstatic celebration that comes along with life. Can't we, can't we allow our children to see, to wake up with, and to experience our jubilation, our, our ex- ecstasy of, of life, our, that thrill of getting up in the morning and saying, hello world, you better watch out, I'm coming through. That kind of uh, festiveness uh, that you see people enjoying and, 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 and celebrating life and having a robust existence. A robust existence, a full of life existence. That's what God, Jesus, died for us to have. Uh, Celebration gives strength to life. Number one under that. Celebrating brings, celebration brings joy into life. And joy makes us strong. Scripture tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. According to Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. We cannot continue long in anything without it. In other words, we can't continue in anything unless we see the end from the beginning. Unless we see the joy of the success of the end product from the very day that we started. You know, a mother that's having a child every day, um, you know, she may experience, this is not, I've not experienced this, but I have experienced those who have had children, specifically my wife, that is, uh, four of our children, and I've seen her go and her body contorted and and her going through, especially on the day of, of, of that child being delivered, and her uh, grasping my hand as I'm standing there beside the bed doing nothing but telling her to push, baby, push. Uh, and she's doing all the work and, and taking her fingernails and grinding them into my hands out of this intensity of bringing forth that child. What's pushing her? It's the joy. It's the joy of that child coming into the world. It's the joy that she's able to, to, to go through such torment of body to bring that baby forth. Joy is the thing that allows her to continue going on through those nine months uh, that mother goes through uh, tribulation, trials, uh, changes of, of body, changes of appetite, uh, changes, uh, you know, some even experience uh, morning sickness. Uh, but it's the joy that at the end of that nine months, I'm going to bring forth myself. I'm going to bring forth someone like me into this world, someone who I in most cases, uh, um, had that child purposely, intentionally decided to go through this pain to have this child for the joy that was set before them. You know, that's the scripture. The, Jesus, the Bible says of Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross because he knew that a better day was coming. And so the celebration, living out that kind of existence. Number two, Celebration is central to all the spiritual disciplines. Without a spirit of, of festivity, the disciplines become dull. 
death-breathing tools in the hands of modern Pharisees. Uh, so it's saying that, you know, if, if we don't embrace joy, if joy is not the oil that takes us through these times, then what happens, it becomes dull breath, death-breathing tools in the hands of modern Pharisees. We go through the motion, but we hate every minute of it because we don't see what it will bequeath in our life or what will, will happen in our lives what it will birth in our lives as we go through these disciplines. Um, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a little story uh, about me and, and just flexibility. I've, n I've never been a real flexible person, even from childhood. Uh, you know, touching my toes was not something that I could do. Uh, I don't know if it's genetically that my arm, my legs were too long and my arms too short. I don't know if I was just tight in the hips I don't know but but it's always been a challenge for me um, but recently a friend of mine as I've been trying to work out my golf game I believe it's in there <laughs> agree with me my golf game is in there and some aspects of it is growing I've, I've probably gotten better over this past year uh, than than I've ever been which is not saying a lot but it's saying a lot to me okay so you just take it for for what it's worth but a friend of mine sent me a, 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 some, uh, it wasn't a video, I think it was some sketches on how to stretch and so that I can get my hips around better. And so when I first watched, looked at the, uh, the sketch, I'm like, eh, that's ridiculous. There's no way I'm going to be able to get down there and do that. But I tried it. And I kept on trying it. And, and my wife would tell you, every single day, sometimes twice a day, I'm doing these stretches as a, there's a collection of three of them. And I do them every day from, from my back, uh, you know, doing, I'm not sure what they call it, uh, some type of where you, you, you lay on your stomach and you lift up your head, that kind of thing. And then another one where I'm, I'm stretching one foot forward and one foot backwards and then going down in the middle. And then another one where I'm putting my, just a whole contortion of, of, of hip exercises. So I started out and Lo and behold, I stayed with it long enough to I'm now beginning to get some benefit from it. And I'm now able to do some things in stretching that, to my knowledge, I've never done because I've never stayed with it long enough to get to the point where, where, I, where I'm actually able to get my maneuver my hips in a way where um, it's changed my gait, it's changed my ability to turn my hips. Um, I, I tried it last night. I've got a a trainer uh, bike in my house and I've always had a challenge getting my legs up over the bike you know the over the the uh, road bike you know I'd ha always have to kind of get my hips over like that but the joy of being able to get my legs over the bike onto the so that I can get onto the bike uh, the joy of that see I'm, I'm, I'm just on a trainer so I can't bend the bike over and do it that way. I have to step over it. Well, last year when I did this, I had to get up on the on the table. Don't tell my wife this, but I had to get up on the table, the coffee table downstairs, and push and, and get my leg on that so that I can get up and over the bike. That may seem small to you, but it's a big thing to me. There's joy in that. There's joy when we do the disciplines, when we look at the outcomes that come it will produce a strength to continue on. 
And we'll see more of that just in just a bit of, a little bit when we talk about obedience. So again, I'm just bringing you in a little bit of my world of, of joy, small things, insignificant things probably to you, but doing things like that, doing small disciplines and seeing the joy, the joy at the end of it is it more flexibility, be able to turn your hips better or whatever it is in your life. Um, the more critical matters is starting out, you know, the Bible tells us to despise not the day of small beginnings. And then it says this, and I've not really seen this, that God delights in uh, the days of small beginnings because he knows that if we'll stay with the day of small beginnings, it will turn into something very big, that, that, that there will be a jubilee, there will be a festiveness uh, to the days of small beginnings. you got to start somewhere, though. And in the discipline of celebration, if you'll start with it, you'll find out later on there will be this wonderful experience of celebration in the smallest of things to the biggest of things. Uh, every discipline should be characterized by carefree gaiety and a sense of thanksgiving, okay? Number three, joy is part of the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Often I am inclined to think, that joy is the motor, the thing that keeps everything else going. I agree. Jo without joyous celebration to infuse the other disciplines, we will sooner or later abandon them. Joy produces energy. Joy makes us strong. That is so true in every aspect of our lives. And as those beginning parts... If we will look at the end and say, I'm going, I'm going to get there. I, I'm going to do what I need to do to get there. Then we will experience celebration. We will, we will get to that place and, and oh, how wonderful it is to, to get to that place. Uh, to be faithful in the little things. In the little things, that, the little obediences. Uh, you'll get to a place where... Uh, where you get to celebrate, the discipline of celebration. You get, you get an opportunity because you have been obedient. You get an opportunity to celebrate, and that's so good. But the joy, the joy produces the energy. The joy, the, the looking at the billboard of success out in front of you and keep on traveling down the bumpy road knowing that I'm heading towards that billboard of success, knowing that, that God has already finished the work I just need to go back and, and travel towards the finished work. The joy of it. Stay with it. Stay with it. You know, we've been in ministry now for 20, uh, going on 27 years uh, this coming April. And I had an opportunity recently uh, with my, uh, my nephew as he uh, fielded uh, some questions uh, uh, for a class assignment he had, asked me questions about uh, my experience in leadership over these years, I was able to reflect back on when we first started, back when we had uh, nine people, actually 34 people we started with, 
And then the next Sunday after the, the beginning, we went down to nine. So really nine was our beginning. And I remember over these 27 years, some of the, some of the challenges, some of the, the disappointments, some of the opportunities for discouragement. But God still saw us through. I remember those times. I remember when things were a little short at the end of the month. I remember the challenges of, uh, of people coming and leaving and, and, and not staying with the ministry, uh, which is fine, you know. I realize that people are going to come and people are going to go, but it's still, because you care for people, it still creates a little bit of disappointment. It still hurts a little bit, but guess what? We're still here because of the joy that is set before us, the joy of knowing that, that I'm where I'm supposed to be, the anchor of obedience, the anchor of knowing that this is where God wants me, wants George Logan to be at this particular time in my life. And not, God has an anchor for all of us. Knowing what God has said to you will anchor your soul. It will anchor you and it will produce the joy, the energy, the motivation to keep on going when you sometimes want to stop, when you sometimes don't want to get out of bed in the morning, when you sometimes want to call it quits, when you sometimes want to hightail and run, when you sometimes want to give up on your family, give up on your marriage, when you see the joy that is set before you, the jubilee that is set before you. You know, one of the things that's driven me in, in marriage is I want to see my children. I want to see them, them come to meet my wife and I in the latter years of our life and celebrate us. Celebrate that we stuck it out. Celebrate that we stayed the course. And our children, our grandchildren rally around us and say, Grandmama and Granddaddy and Papa or Mama or whatever you want to call us. You know, we're so glad that you all are still here today and, and we're here on Thanksgiving Day and we're here on Christmas and we're here on, on, on uh, family vacations and we're all here together. That's what we do because of the joy of staying the course, the joy that was set before us. I tell people sometimes when they come and they're contemplating, you know, uh, you know, in, in, in marriage counseling, I say, think about, think about the next 25 years. Think about your children getting married. You don't want to be on one side of the aisle and your wife on the other, or your wife on, or you on one side and your husband on the other. You want to be there together. You want to see your children look down the aisle and see them come down that aisle together and see their mom and their dad sitting there with hands together celebrating them going, getting married. You want to see that. In other words, look down the road, see the billboard of success. And know that, that, that the joy will cause for a celebration one day. We're going to celebrate. You know, those types of times, marriages, um, uh, uh, you, you know, any time a family gathering, it, to me, is, is, is a time in which we are saying, God, those festival times, should be a, a festive time where we say, God has been faithful. God has been faithful. God has been faithful. That's what we celebrate. I was listening to um, uh, uh, Jim Zimbala's um, uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle pastor. I was listening to his wife, and she was sharing a story uh, that came along with a song, He's Been Faithful. Well, she said she wrote that song, He's Been Faithful, 
and they recorded that song. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. You can go look it up. He's been faithful, faithful to me. You know, I'm not going to try to sing because I really can't sing that well. But that's the name of the song. And she said she came, she came to that song at a time when her daughter was away from their home and was out there uh, um, in, in, in a very uh, challenging uh, or in, in, in a uh, place of rebellion in her own life. And she said uh, her and her husband were just, just fighting the good fight of faith, you know, not wanting to burden anyone else with their cares concerning their daughter, but they, they prayed, they believed God, and their daughter returned back to them. And, and return back to the Lord and and is now uh, in ministry with her husband pastoring a church somewhere in the Chicago area and it was a beautiful story but out of that out of that story out of that return out of that faithfulness they celebrate and they celebrate that song is a song of celebration he's been faithful he's been faithful to me he's been faithful to us let's continue the journey and from that 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 God's faithfulness, we get to celebrate. The discipline, God wants us to celebrate. That's why three times a year, the Israel, uh, uh, the, the nation of Israel took time to just simply celebrate. Celebrate that we're no longer in captivity anymore. Celebrate that God was faithful to bring us out of, out of uh, Egyptian captivity. Celebrate. When I look at my own life, as well as I'm sure you can as well. You can look back and you can see and be so very celebrated, so celebratory about what God has done. You know, this Christmas time, as we go into this season, take time to celebrate. Take time to, to just have a, a hootin' tootin' good time with your family and robustly and, and uh, just hugely and, and largely and there's a new word I learned. I'm not going to say it because I think I, I might mispronounce it. But uh, I think it says, um, oh, it, it, it has the same meaning of big. I, I have to, I'll, I'll bring it back to you. Juron, uh, Juron. Anyway, <laughs> it's a good word. I'll use it next time. But anyway, let's learn to do that. Let's learn to celebrate. A few more and then we're going to be done here. Uh, number four. Uh, ancient Israel was commanded, I think I just shared that, ancient Israel was commanded to gather together three times a year to celebrate the goodness of God. Those were festival holidays in the highest sense. They were the experience that gave strength and cohesion to the people of Israel. I was just talking to my mom this morning, and we were just talking about, um, you know, when we, when we get outside of this pandemic time and our whole family can come together. We're just going to have a, a good time of just a sloppy celebration where we just come and embrace one another and hug one another and enjoy one another and, and of course have a little bit of karaoke. Got to have a little karaoke when you're celebrating. And just, but, but just have a good time. Just celebrate. Just show how much we just enjoy one another and how God has been faithful. He's been faithful. He's been faithful. And we celebrate that. Remember that, my man and woman of God, as you're going through, as we get to the latter part of 2020, and since March of this year up until now, we've been we've been 
going through. We've been going through, and God has been faithful. He's been faithful. I've just, I was just recently interviewed by our local newspaper, and, and the, the, uh, the uh, wonderful young man that interviewed me, uh, we had a wonderful conversation as I began to disclose to him God's faithfulness during this time. God's just celebrating how faithful God has been, that the silver lining in it all is, as we have seen that this piece of coal is really a diamond. This word of God, this precious word of God, that we have seen it as a rare gem. It is a beautiful thing. And you can't really see that until you go through some challenging times. And we have seen that that which we've been holding in our hands, though it it may at times look like a piece of coal, is really a precious, precious diamond, more precious stone, a sure foundation, a sure cornerstone is God's word. We're going to, and I look forward, I mentioned my family, but my church family as well. Boy, when we all are able to come back together, you better know it. You better know it. We're going to celebrate. You better know it. You better bring out your best. You better know it. We're going to be dancing. Even you that don't dance are going to be dancing together. We're going to have a hootin' tootin' good time. Celebrate what God has done. Discipline of celebration. I think that about do it for today. Um, next week we'll start with the path of joy. How do we begin to experience that? And most of it has to do with obedience. I hope you've enjoyed this time. I hope uh, uh, this is our Wednesday Bible study. Uh, remember, uh, we uh, uh, are grateful to you for your continued and steadfast support of this ministry, um, especially during a time like this. We're so grateful. You guys have been tremendous. And I know it's not because of who I am or who this church is. It's because of you have deemed God faithful. And you've given. You've given during this time because of your obedience to the word of God. And we are the benefactors. We have benefited from your faithfulness and your loyalty to God. And so we want you to continue doing so. Uh, thank you for it. Thank you so much. Uh, what is giving? Giving is just a reflection of our gratitude towards God. God has been faithful to us, and we give because of that. No other reason, not out of dread, not out of, uh, of uh, trying to get something. We give because he's been faithful to us. Uh, so uh, please uh, continue doing so. You can give by sending it to, the, uh, to our church, uh, um, 1023 East Union Street, Morganton, North Carolina, New Day Christian Church, or you can go to our webpage, or you can go online on Facebook page today, and you can give by way of our app, uh, give online giving. Thank you so much. We are so very grateful. Many that are, have never even been to our church before, never been set foot in this church, are giving to this work, and we're grateful to you. God sees it, and he appreciates it as well. Thank you so much. Let's pray to end our time together. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for um, helping us to understand how important it is to celebrate you, to celebrate the discipline of celebration, that celebration is a big part of who we are, that we are a walking hallelujah, a walking we give you praise, and we do. Thank you for this evening. Thank you for those who have taken the time to watch us today. May you bless them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Those, Father, who are recovering from, from the virus, 
We speak healing over them today. We declare that their immune system is warding off all sickness and disease. We declare that they shall live and shall not die and declare the works of the Lord. Those who are in the hospital today, Father, we thank you for their quick and swift recovery in the name of Jesus. Those who have suffered loss in our ministry, uh, those who have uh, uh, Johnny Ruff and his his uh, uh, family, uh, Father, who's just his mother just passed. We lift up uh, the Ruffs to you, and we thank you, Lord. You are their comfort and you are their peace, and we thank you for comforting them today as well. And Father, those who are unable to come out uh, because of uh, of uh, uh, you know not not being able to come come out of their homes, we we speak your peace over them and thank you for giving them strength and encouragement. We thank you, Lord, for that in the name of Jesus. We bless them, Father, so grateful for them. In Jesus' mighty name, God bless you and amen. I love you. I appreciate you. Uh, this will air again at 630 this evening. We love you. Thank you.